Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Jake, can you believe Christmas is next week? I can because I'm almost done with my Christmas shopping, so it has to be coming up soon. I finished mine. Really? Done, done, done. I will say, I'm normally waiting until the very last second. Hope that Amazon Prime is going to make it in time. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Reality Bites Podcast. It's Megan and Jay. Jay, what does your daughter, what is on her list this year? What's her big thing? The biggest things are probably anything LOL. I don't know what that is. They're kind of like... How old is your daughter again? Six? Six. So um, kind of like Bratz dolls or Barbies back in the day. They're very popular. Weird. Would you like to guess what my five-year-old niece told me she wanted this year? A laptop. Oh. <laughs> Okay, well, if you're going that route, my six-year-old did ask for the new iPhone X. That's oh, what okay. So I thought, like, when I was five, I wanted a Barbie doll. I've right. never, I don't remember even knowing what, a, I mean, I guess laptops probably didn't even exist when I was five years old. But <laughs> I'm like, is this where we are now, that five-year-olds are getting laptops and iPhones? Like, oh, my God. That was the Christmas list that we completely disregarded when she gave it to us. Um, so otherwise, you and I, we worked over the weekend. We yeah. worked a big event together. Had a really good time. Yeah. Santa Claus made an appearance. Always fun. Oh, nice that he was able to squeeze us in as busy as this time of the year is for him. And it had a s'mores and hot chocolate bar, which I've never seen before, but I definitely enjoyed. I See, I didn't get to enjoy oh. it because it's not on my ketogenic diet, oh, but, that's I, why. Okay. but I did get to watch everybody else enjoy it. <laughs> and, uh, and then yesterday, you know, I don't have kids. So mm-hmm. the big thing for me every year is pet photos with Santa. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I took my two dogs to take their picture with Santa and it was a nightmare. It was a disaster. My golden retriever has definitely seen Santa Claus before. For whatever reason, this one Santa Claus she was not down with, she lost her mind. Really? It was it was the weirdest thing ever. I was able to get like two pictures on my phone, both of which came out blurry and just awful. Was it a lot of like squir- uh, squirming and squiggling or was it a lot barking of like barking? and apprehension. And mm. you know, I have, I got the iPhone 11 Pro. She jerked the leash. I threw my phone. Oh no. It like cracked the screen and uh. the screen is supposed to be indestructible. If that gives you any indication of how our pet photos with Santa went this year but (laughs) that was the rest of the weekend and then of course last night 90 day fiance oh finally back at it um where we pick up last night we have Emily and Sasha oh yeah who have left Moscow they're coming to America and they are on a plane landing in Chicago because Emily's sister lives two hours outside of Chicago and even though Emily's from Portland Oregon they're gonna stay with Emily's sister Betsy until they figure out what they're gonna do in south bend indiana home of notre dame because mind you emily says like yes i grew up in the united states but the last couple years of my life has been in russia so i'm coming back kind of starting from scratch starting all over again just to find a new job they have no place to stay obviously so yep and she is now a mom with a young baby and now she has this fiance who isn't really going to be able to work until they get married and he gets his green card so they land in chicago and emily's mom and sister at the airport waiting for them now they have never met the baby i was a little bit surprised that mom has never 
never even seen the baby in person. And I know it's expensive, but I mean, I have a brother who lives in Australia and my mom has gone to visit him pretty, you know, regularly over the last, you know, every other year or so, maybe every two, three years. Like she gets a plane ticket. He comes here. So or you would think that especially because it's Emily's first baby that she would try to be there for the birth or a week or two after the baby was born. Like, I don't know. I just that part to me was a little bit like, hmm, that's so different than how it would go in my family, because if that were me, my mom would have probably lived in Russia for the past six months. True. So (laughs) we are in the car leaving Chicago. Emily, Betsy, Sasha, David, Emily's mom arriving at Emily's sister's place in South Bend, Indiana, which, by the way, amazing place. Have you been in South Bend? No, 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 no. I'm talking about her apartment. Oh, her apartment was much nicer than I anticipated. They were walking up and it looked like some kind of an old loft warehouse. They go inside and I'm like, okay, Betsy, like, well, I don't know what she does, but it was obviously enough to afford a nice apartment. No, it's definitely a really nice apartment. And here we go. Day number two. They wake up in the morning. Come downstairs. Now, Betsy has Kellogg's frosted, shredded mini wheat cereal. And yes, there is that frosted coating on the cereal. I have to admit, it's my favorite breakfast cereal. But I wouldn't necessarily consider it as bad as like Fruit Loops or Lucky Charms or fr- like a kid's cereal. I right. mean, granted, it's probably not the healthiest thing to have. But already we begin with Sasha. And I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to be as like understanding as I can that culture he might not realize that what he's saying is as offensive as it is. Right, right, right. But talking about how unhealthy the cereal is and then making comments about Emily's sister, Betsy, and her body. I can feel a lot of sugar. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm not eating so much sugar. We love sugar. I heard about it. Yeah, is this what you give it to Yeah, usually I would eat something more healthy, but because you guys are visiting, I didn't want to have to do too much cooking, just have quick food to grab. This will be your cheat meal. My cheat meal? Yeah, you you told me you're just eating healthy food, but it is not exactly healthy. Well, yeah, it's not healthy. Okay, but you're going to cook for me, right? Are you mom eating this too? No, 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 No. I don't eat that. Okay, good. I can see. Um, I can cook breakfast. Tomorrow, you can yeah. make breakfast. Okay, we'll, go, breakfast. we'll, go, we'll go to American need, grocery store. Okay, we need oatmeal, peanut butter, and some kind of fruits. They'll make mm-hmm. you like it. So if if I am, this? so stop eating oh, this, yeah. okay? I get that uh, nutrition planning is part of Sasha's job, but I'm not his client. This is my house. Sasha's going to be a guest in my house, and part of being my guest is being polite. It was, I, if I were Emily's sister, I would have kicked him out. I would have been like, okay, well, this isn't really going to work out so you guys are going to need to find somewhere else to stay the baby can stay here i would have pulled like blake's mom and dad the baby can stay sasha you got to find somewhere else to go i thought it was rude and again culturally i don't know if if he thought maybe he was being helpful because he's a personal trainer and he can offer nutrition advice but i think personal training is always on the top of his mind i think emily's sister even said though he's staying in my house he has to be polite i'm not his client i think at some point emily also has to be like hey i know how my husband is it's a cultural difference he doesn't mean it but let me go ahead and talk to him about this kind of off this like hey you know what kind of ease back we they do things differently we're guests in their house we're just going to kind of go with the flow and don't make another comment about my mother's body <laughs> or my sister's weight like cut it out did you see him wink at her mom that's what i was gonna say i was like he was really super creepy with the hey i can tell that you uh you're not into the frosted mini wheats it was uncomfortable and sasha like just when you think you kind of can't dislike him anymore he goes 
goes and does something, and you're just like, this show is not doing you any favors, Home Slice. Like, this is not the show for Sasha. This definitely. is not the show for Sasha. He needs to find some other TV show. I feel like that's not too far off, though. I feel like he has some potential to. I think he has that kind of personality and that kind of something about him that reality TV is going to enjoy. He said he sees America as the land of opportunity, and he wants to be a fitness model and a trainer. Like he definitely yeah. is coming here with an agenda. It sounds like at this point that agenda does include Emily and David, but who knows at this point? And Emily is starting to express her concerns about him trading her in for a newer model, for a younger, more fit person. And that that is... Yeah, when they started working out together and she said, am I, you know, am I going to be ex-wife number three? You're working with all these beautiful people. And he's like, oh, no, no, it's not like that here or there. But, wait, but like, was not convincing about it whatsoever. Is like, is so unreassuring. Like, he's just like, no, no, no. But it's like, <laughs> mm, your he track said, record indicates otherwise. He said, I really don't look at a lot of girls. They usually look at me. I mean, And then on. he smiled. Like, he <laughs> thinks he's all that. And listen, he has a great body. Absolutely. Personality? Uh-uh. And I don't know if it's just part of getting older that, like, your looks are not enough anymore. That is true. Because everybody's body is going to go at some point. So you have to have a good personality. You got to be funny. You got to be charming. Something else on top of the physical appearance. And he hasn't seemed to figure out yet that, like, he might have the body, but he's got nothing else. At least from what we've seen. Right. I'm still on, you know, the fence with Sasha. I'm not totally against him. I feel like he just, culturally, he just doesn't quite get it yet. Russians are known for being a little bit more abrasive. A little more blunt, a little more abrasive. Not, not as soft. Right. Like rough around the edges. Mm. I don't know. I don't like him. <laughs> you don't. I can definitely tell that you I are don't. not Team Sasha. Because like I said, if he showed up at my house and I'm opening my home to him and giving him a place to stay when he's not working, already has two ex-wives, two other kids that he just left behind in another country, I'd be a little bit like, okay, who the f*** are you and her and what sister, are you doing in my house? And her sister, Emily's sister, knows this about the two ex-wives and the two, but the mom doesn't. The mom doesn't. But the mom's going to watch the show, so the mom's going to find out. Right, but we were talking about how the sister kind of feels toward yes. Sasha already. Right. You know, I'm sure that kind of leads into that as well. And the mom as well, like she's getting all these compliments and she doesn't seem to really be resisting. I don't know if she's down for it or what, but she's just kind of like, oh, okay, thank you. Smiling. Ha ha. I'm sure she knew the real backstory. Mm -hmm. She might be a little more like you're a creeper. So it surprises me that you're still on the fence about Sasha. So imagine that your daughter comes home with a guy like this who's 33 years old, two ex-wives, two kids that he just left behind in a foreign country. Like how you would like him? You would be okay with this? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> but this doesn't concern. Right, I get it. Okay, um, Michael and Angela. Oh, jeez, Louise. Man, there is a lot with these two that just makes no sense. I just want right? the K one visa process to end for them to get denied, or maybe even get approved. I don't know. So I just never have to hear about them again. So that we can be done with this storyline, because <laughs> yes. this is one that's really kind of dragging out at this point. You know, Angela's in her fifties. We've seen her on the show in two other seasons before this. Michael, young, thirty year old Nigerian guy. They've been going through this process for a couple years I feel like we've been on this journey with them for right. the entire two years because on before the 90 days we saw her go over there for the first time and meet him right which is why this has felt like we have been there every step of the way as well on the last episode of 90 day fiance we found out that Michael's visa interview was coming up mm -hmm. Angela lays down the k1 or k done ultimatum like if you don't get approved for this we're done you know I'm not leaving my family I'm not moving over to Nigeria Right. And I think he knows that, which is why he said, oh, well, 
if this doesn't work out, we'll just do it the other way. He already knows she's not moving there. True. So anyways, we pick up Angela in her house with her six grandchildren, her mother, and her daughter Skyla, all kind of like congregated in the house. And we learn that these six grandkids don't appear to have their own bedroom. When Michael gets his visa approved, he's going to be the man of the house. And we're going to need our privacy. So I bought a new lock for our bedroom door. And we need to lay down some ground rules. This is serious now. Hey, tighten up. Come on. Listen, Papa's getting ready to come. We're putting a lock on the door back there. So do you know what the lock means? Don't come in. Back room's going to be off limits when Papa gets here. I know y'all are used to running freely because he's a man, right? Yeah. We've never had a man be over the house, right? So he might be getting dressed, so he's going to have to lock the door. You can't sleep with me, Mom, no more either because Papa's going to be sleeping in the bed. Yeah, so I mean, I couldn't really tell by the house. They didn't do a whole lot of, you know... They didn't give us a tour. They didn't give us the MTV Cribs tour of everything, but from what we could decipher, it looks like it could only be about two to three bedrooms at maximum. And the the grandmother lives there, has to have a bedroom. Right, grandma definitely has a bedroom. She has a bedroom. Angela has a bedroom. Angela even makes the comment, when the door is locked, this room is off limits, you can't come in. Right. And like, I don't think the kids necessarily know what that means. Oh, the kids, they don't know and they don't care. They're like little kids. But that's so gross like just <laughs> tell little kids uh, if the Megan. rooms are rocking don't come a knocking <laughs> so anyways the other thing that i noticed about that living room they had like a jojo siwa poster right on the wall in the living room kids so, love jojo siwa i know but that's why i'm thinking do the kids sleep in the living room some of oh, them i'm sure they do some I'm, of them have to sleep there but in the other thing we had a little pre-discussion before the podcast the living situation is just bonkers just all together because right. skyla who we believe doesn't have kids right is does there, not live there does but, not live there but my theory is that while Angela's at work, Skyla is the one at the house taking care of the kids and, and grandma. grandma. Someone's definitely got to take care of grandma. Correct. And you would assume that those kids are pretty young, where maybe some of them could be in preschool, first grade. Possibly. But day, we all know daycare is very expensive, so it would probably make a lot of sense to have Skyla come by. But we were saying, well, if Skyla doesn't live there, which Angela says she doesn't live here, but she might as well. Well, why doesn't she? Probably because she doesn't want to. I mean, if I were Skyla, I wouldn't want to live there. My question is why would you not take money that you made from the show to upgrade your living conditions conditions as opposed to getting botox and getting the manicure done and we were talking about look like she had a new car Newer from car, yes. from last season and some of these things that she has chosen to spend money on or at least the show is portraying that she's choosing to spend money on as opposed to getting a, a bigger place to live so that the kids have bedrooms and that part doesn't quite make sense although you know listen i said in angela's defense it is possible that this med spa said we'll give you free botox if you'll come get the treatments on the show because it'll be good for our business so who knows whether or not she paid for it or not but it just it doesn't look good when we've got angela flying back and forth to nigeria going to look at the cotton patch saying she can't afford a three thousand dollar wedding at the cotton patch and then she's at a med spa getting botox injections in her forehead wedding dress shopping wedding Wedding dress very expensive so yeah so there we okay next thing you know we see angela and skyla and they go to this bridal shop and angela is trying on wedding dresses and the one thing i will say is that i need to borrow some of her (laughs) self-confidence because she was feeling herself 
in the wedding dress. I didn't think the wedding dress looked bad on her. It didn't look bad on her, but like I'm one of those people. Like I don't want to be measured on television. <laughs> oh, that's true. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just way too self conscious for that. And she's just like, and I was like, man, <laughs> she, if she could bottle that and sell it, I would buy some. She'd be able to upgrade her living conditions. <laughs> I need some of that. <laughs> so again, we see in a preview, Angela's getting the call from Michael about how the visa interview went mm-hmm. and whether or not the show was purposely trying to make us believe it didn't go well or whether or not that's actually the case it sounds like it doesn't go well right he's definitely crying but we can't tell if those are tears of joy maybe he's just overjoyed and overwhelmed by the moment or if it's right. like oh my gosh this is it my our chance is done right so next week's episode in episode eight of 90 day fiance hopefully we'll find out and like you said we can be done with them <laughs> <laughs> hopefully oh my gosh all right so mike and natalie a couple that started very promising <laughs> Mike is 34 years old from Squim, Washington. Natalie, 32, 33 years old, lives in Kiev, Ukraine. They met through Mike's best friend and Natalie's best friend, who are also a couple, and they are engaged. He went to Ukraine once. They met in person. She meets him in Paris the second time. They get engaged. Now her K-1 visa has been backlogged, and it's going to be at like six months before she can come to the U.S. Right. So he decides to book a flight and go over there. They are super excited to see each other the first couple of days go so well but from the moment he gets there she wants a baby and i think she thought he's gonna come over and be like yes let's get started on our family let's just go ahead and if you want this baby let's make it happen and what we're learning about mike is that he's a little bit more practical and i am who i am and i'm not just gonna change for you and i'm not just gonna believe what you believe because you want me to believe it he seems even though he believes in some kind of wacky stuff he seems pretty well grounded and like you said like hey we're not gonna just go ahead and just do things just because we want to do things we need to kind of have an idea of a plan of where we're going and right. how we're gonna get there right and she goes from like happy bubbly super in love fun natalie to like she is falling apart at the seams she goes zero to 100 real quick and she is unable to accept that things aren't going exactly her way right so it starts with the baby starts and that's baby. frustrating and then when he says he doesn't believe in god and she's super religious now mind you she knew she this knew all this. along they've been dating for a while so she knows this and she talks about i'm gonna introduce him to god which i thought was a little weird when she first said it but then once they went to the process of actually going to church and she seemed really upset at the fact that he wasn't just all of a sudden going to be overtaken by the holy ghost and accept jesus christ as his lord and savior she like started to freak out in church at home everywhere and i think what i like about mike is that he is that very listen i support what you believe i respect what you believe and i need you to do the same for me and she has a complete inability to compromise on that whatsoever and again there's something about her that comes across almost like childlike to me there's a scene where they're getting up and they're having breakfast and natalie is in full-blown shutdown mode Mm -hmm. and the mom is speaking in ukrainian and mike has no idea what she's saying and natalie's refusing to translate because she just doesn't feel like it <laughs> and said, it, go get your phone and get google translator right right and it it this is a very different natalie that we have seen up until this point and she keeps refer- referencing her ex-husband like, she starts oh, bringing him up out of nowhere he so apparently all the things that she really likes her ex-husband also really like which was really odd she talks about how you know he used to work out with her and blah 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 he used to do what he was really religious and we used to celebrate all the holidays and do all the religious stuff together blah 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 and she keeps saying but it's okay mike is different and that's okay but it seems like it's really not 
okay. It's really not okay. That she had in her mind, and I could be wrong about this, but I think sometimes when you're a naturally very pretty girl, you are used to people kind of giving you your way. And you don't even realize that it turns you into an inflexible, she seems just completely not able to be rational at all. Like she wants what she wants, and if she's not going to get it, she's going to shut down. And that's exactly what's happening. And I will say, she's making herself look a little bit psycho. In this last episode, she definitely seemed crazy. I'm all about Natalie and Mike. I really like them as a couple. I like them as people. She's very bubbly and nice, and he's very kind of, you know, hey, let's go with the flow. But yes, as I was watching, I kept thinking about you because like, oh man, Megan kind of called that there's something wrong with her. I did that Glenn Close fatal attraction. I will is, not be ignored, Daniel. She is definitely like, giving me those vibes Mike, you better episode. not have a bunny on that farm. Oh my she gosh. will put the bunny in the pot. And what was with her inability to operate a motor vehicle? Oh, that was so annoying i think what was annoying about it is that it was supposed to be some kind of like acute funny at some point they must have mentioned to the production crew like she's not the best driver and they're like all right no this will be cute and funny you guys are gonna get in the car and drive together but it came across way too over dramatic right in a this can't be real kind of way like that there's no way she is 30 some odd years old <laughs> and this is actually how she drives on a daily basis but the thing is that was a rental car it had a little logo on the back i don't know if you noticed it oh for, i did not know rental company so it was definitely a rental car so i'm thinking i'm thinking that maybe she doesn't drive all that often she lives in a big city where you know a lot of times big cities have pretty good don't have cars mass transportations and uh so maybe she gets around by other means and she's not used to driving but you i mean geez geez it was pretty bad it was pretty bad and it but it wasn't even funny that's my that's my problem is that like i think they were they were trying to be funny about it but it wasn't funny at all it was (laughs) almost like like shocking (laughs) it really was like how does she even have a driver's license like how'd she get her license if that's how she drives i don't know uh okay so nothing from blake and jasmine this episode except for a preview of what's coming up also tanya and sinjin as well they weren't on this episode either up next robert and annie oh boy robert and now annie. annie has got to be the queen of making third parties feel uncomfortable because remember when they went to the thrift shop and the poor person trying to help them at the thrift shop was like uh and now all of a sudden we have robert and annie going to look at a two-bedroom two-bath apartment that costs 1750 a month so i'm trying to figure it out i mean it, it was a nice apartment it was decent whatever 1750 nice i don't know yeah i mean i didn't realize the part of florida that they live in was all that expensive i mean it's tampa tampa i don't know i feel like you can get a two-bedroom apartment for less than 1750 a A, month a nice one too but here we are robert and annie showing up taking the tour we have seen a lot of volatility between them so far leading up to this point but one of the things apparently robert promised her before she came was oh by the way i live in a one-bedroom apartment now but when you get here we will get a bigger apartment robert makes a lot of promises to annie before she gets here and then when she calls him on it he turns it around on her and goes oh you're selfish and right all you care about is the money do you love me or do you love the apartment i mean in that regard i'd kind of be like why are you turning this around on me when you are specifically going against what you told me before i came here yes this isn't me just out of nowhere saying i want to move into a bigger apartment you told me we were going to do that it makes it very difficult to judge annie on kind of her personality or how she really feels about things because there is some validity in a lot of the arguments that she's making yeah i mean a lot of them do seem like they're kind of materialistic but when someone tells you that they're going to do something or provide something for you and they don't then you know i could see where she'd be like 
like, okay, what do you mean you just renewed your one year lease? Right. So they and look at this apartment and it goes great and they find out 1750 and she's excited. She's like, let's do it. And then all of a sudden he brings up the fact that, oh, I just re-signed my one year lease in my one bedroom apartment <laughs> and he starts doing the math. So, right. So he says 1750 for this new apartment. The way it works at my old place, I'm responsible for the rent until they re-rent it. So if that takes three months, he says 3650 which means he pays $900 a month for his one-bedroom apartment right. that Bryson sleeps in the bed with them. My next question goes back to Robert and deciding to renew a one-year lease on his apartment that in a just... one-bedroom apartment, knowing that your fiance is coming, knowing that you've told her you're going to be moving into something else, knowing that there's no way that the, the three of you are going to have to continue to share a bed while you're in a one-bedroom apartment. Like Something about this guy, like is he just really, really dumb? Does yeah. he just like not think he's pulling the okie doke and i don't know what the end game is because it's one thing if he thought okay well i'm going to go ahead and renew this lease and we're going to stay here until she can get a job and she can help me and then it'll be more affordable for us to try to get this break the lease and move into something all that kind of stuff if that was the case i can understand that but like you said if he already first of all he already promised her then he already knew she was coming and he already knew he had to sign a new lease now usually in most leasing uh, situations you can go month to month you can go month to month once you've done that first you know span you're, of a yeah. year or whatever and, and granted it might cost you a little, a little bit more. more every month but at least you're not locked into a lease and the second thing is i know with a lot of leases where you do sign up again a lot of times you can break the lease for the cost of like basically two months rent general like it depends place to place but a lot of times they'll charge you like basically an extra month's worth of rent for you to break the lease right so he's making it seem like it's just an impossible endeavor or that he didn't think she was actually going to get approved for the visa and he made this decision prior to finding out that they got the k-1 visa so there has Having this argument at this new apartment that they've gone to look at where Annie finds out that Robert has just re-signed a year lease and that he makes it sound like he wants to stay in that one bedroom apartment for another year and continue this three people sleeping in the bed every night scenario. And Annie is just finding this out and reacting to it. And the leasing agent is like, uh, this is awkward. And she spoke Spanish, which was a, a nice little surprise. Like, oh, go ahead, leasing agent lady. Well, I I mean, I guess in Florida, it's not that out of the norm to find people who speak Spanish fluently. And, right. But they, but the show does kind of seem to keep finding people who can communicate <laughs> with Annie without Robert knowing right. what's being said. It's pretty interesting that keeps <laughs> popping up. Uh, so that's that's the big question mark. They go they go out onto the balcony and and she's like, I want this apartment, and he's telling her how selfish she is, and it's like this is the same. They have the same argument over and over and over again, where she says, No, but you promised me all these things, and he says, You're selfish. All you think about is yourself. <laughs> these to there's no way this yeah. is gonna work i mean i don't know i mean stranger things have happened but yeah i kind of feel like you where i don't really see where this is going um <laughs> up next michael and juliana uh, michael and juliana the per pernum prenut prenush like she is really playing into this i don't get it at all i have a few questions for you okay. we were talking about the pernum prenup Prenup, prenup, prenup agreement. Prenup. What's that? Um, it's something that gets worked out before uh, people get married that would dictate what happens should something happen and we were to get a divorce. Doesn't matter how many times you explain to me, I don't get it. Because for me, I hear from them like blah, 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 blah. Do you have one? A prenup? Pre prenup. 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 Wait, Sarah? No. 
Oh, she really plays it up in this episode, too, about uh, you can explain it to me, explain it to me, I just will not understand it. Well, there's not much to understand. <laughs> Basically, if you guys get divorced, this is what's going to happen. Right. This is what you get, this is what I get. Exactly. So it starts with the two of them having a conversation in the bedroom, but she did have a good point. Why did your ex-wife Sarah have to bring it up before you brought it up? Why is this something I'm just now hearing about with 45 days to go until we get married? And I have not heard a single word about this pre-nush, right. pre-nut, whatever she called pre-nush, it. Pre-nush, And he said that, you know, he doesn't know why his ex brought it up. It was a little bit shady, which it was, but I'm, I don't think it was shady at I'm all. I'm here for that. I think if I were the kid's mom, I would have, I would have said it on night one when she got there. I would have been like, so have you guys talked about a prenup or like, uh, but it kind of goes back to to when we're talking about Sasha and Emily, you know, like, okay, you can bring it up to Michael if you want, right. but you don't have to bring it up in front of his... In front of Juliana. Juliana. That's they a good obviously, point. They obviously talk a lot. And Sarah is clearly a very smart lady. Oh, yeah. And, I like Sarah. And clearly a very, like, very aware of the potential demise of the relationship. Absolutely. And so, like I said, I think if I were in her shoes, I would have done the exact same thing. And I think on that point, Sarah probably did it calculating, like, look, he probably hasn't talked to her about it so let's try to make sure we push this issue so it does happen and it doesn't blindside this poor girl right and and you can tell that there was a little bit of deception on his part oh because when he first started explaining before they went to mediator he was very much like oh well this just kind of protects the kids and 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 a lot of times it works in the female's best interest really it'll protect you but when they go to meet with the mediator and the mediator's like so are you going to keep all the assets in your name yes are you guys going to have any like shared accounts or anything Mm. well no but I mean she'll be taken care of okay while you're married she will be but like she won't have anything in her name nothing that she can lay claim to in the event this relationship doesn't work out and I think Juliana was right the mediator I don't think Michael was expecting the mediator to come out and be like oh no 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 home slice right this doesn't just work how you want it to exactly but I I have a brilliant idea for them okay Juliana just get Michael to pay for your college grad school medical school law school and you will be just fine instead of this fashion model Instagram model lifestyle why don't you get educated here in the US get yourself a good US education and I promise you if things don't work out between the two of you you will be a-okay yes also kind of odd how the media kept bringing up like income and money that she's made or had and it's like oh I just quit modeling like a few months before I moved here and it's kind of like we've been talking about for a while no he's been taking care of you for the past couple years what modeling has she done right was she supporting have any financial records did you get paid how and how were you getting paid for this i don't know i just think she is really playing the part Mm. acting as if she is this sweet innocent i don't know anything i don't want anything from you i want to be independent but like if you wanted to be so independent then why did you quit working and let him support you for the past couple years exactly i just think that she is not she's very well aware of what's going on she is playing dumb it's not a good look for her because she's a gorgeous girl and especially with you know their admittance that the visa process did not go well from the beginning and there was a chance that it was not going to get approved this time why would you quit your modeling job right? like a modeling job where you can travel es- internationally and get money and support your family especially considering that she says last night that they actually broke up for a couple months right. and that he pulled all the support <laughs> and cut her off and that's that's when she should have realized like oh crap i can't just 
depend on this guy. I need to continue working. I need to make sure I have money put aside. That was a bit of a revelation that but, they broke up. I mean, she's 23 years old, I guess, at 23. Like, do you really know what you're doing? No. No. Although maybe she does. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I definitely think she's... I feel like she's setting the table so if stuff does go sideways, things go bad, it's kind of like she has other people who will be interested in taking care of her and supporting her the way Michael could not. Mm. It's like a national audition. The other thing I always get confused about is like she gets so upset, but I can't really tell what she's upset about. Like she's trying to make it sound like she's upset because, oh, I'm mad at myself because I can't take care of myself. I'm mad at him because he was trying to cut me out. And didn't tell me about it up front. And I've never heard about this, but in Brazil, people get divorced and she's not real clear about what's what she's so upset about, which is what leads me to believe that she's very well aware of what's going on. (laughs) And um, and last but not least. Oh, Anna and Marcel. Anna and Marcel. Where are you standing with them now? On a scale of like one to ten, you walked into this like loving this couple. You were a ten. Where are you at now? I mean, so far as them being a couple, I'm probably like somewhere in a four. I'm definitely below the halfway point of like, oh, I feel So like you've the- gone from like a ten down to a four. Yeah, I mean, I still want them to, because I like to see people happy, so mm-hmm. I want them to both be happy with each other, mm-hmm. but I see where it is becoming a major issue. <sighs> That is not looking like it's going to get resolved anytime soon. Well, it is 22 days until their wedding. They are three weeks away before the 90 days is up. You know, last episode, we saw Anna trying on wedding dresses and she was crying and she's really starting to question whether or not this relationship is the right thing. In this episode, she goes out with her friends who were a very mixed bag of people, by the way. <laughs> like There was a mom in there. I was like, wait, did they all maybe work together somewhere? It and that's felt, why we have a very diverse range of personalities it here. Felt very like work night. Hey, we're going to take this friend out on a bachelorette party type situation. Right, right. It, these did not feel like... <laughs> her like lifelong right, these didn't feel like you know the friends. sorority girls who you went to college with right <laughs> I, I'm glad we're on the same page about that um, but we have Anna offering up way too much information at this bachelorette night out I, f- I would feel like the tattooed young lady was asking a lot more information than she really needed to in front of yeah that girl you could tell <laughs> she showed up she was like I'm gonna get my five minutes on this show look out and right. she went for it she re- but like <laughs> Anna talking about their bedroom activities. I mean, that's where I feel like it's one thing that the friend asked, but Anna could have said, I don't feel comfortable talking about that this. Is, that's true. Like, we're fine. Everything's good in that department. But and she was drunk. She was yeah, drinking. That's so That's true, too. Which is why Marcel doesn't like there it. There were a lot of shots, and uh, Anna started singing like a canary. She was spilling all the tea about how Marcel is okay with her drinking once a week, but he doesn't want to kiss her or, like, do anything with her because alcohol makes her breast smell bad and he can taste it and yada 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 which was a lot but then right so then she tells the people at this bachelorette night out that marcel hasn't told his family about her children right and this was like a very sobering moment because their reaction seemed to have more of an impact on her than her children have had on her this whole time because she even comes back and she says in her one-on-one on-camera interview she says you know it's just it was weird to hear someone else say it and it's like well actually anna your kids have been saying it all along (laughs) you mean it's strange to hear an outsider say it and their opinion seemed to really have an effect on her and i could see how that would be 
pretty shocking. Like, obviously, we were kind of going through it with her, so it doesn't feel as weird for us to hear her talk about it. But yes, I can imagine if one of my friends came to me and they're like, hey, you know, met this wonderful person and they don't know I have kids and they're not allowed to tell anybody in their family about it. Otherwise, they're going to try to break us up and it'd be like, well, why would you want to be with them? The and well, not only that, but like I'm marrying this person in three weeks. Right. And this person hasn't told their family and has no intention of telling their family. And I what I really didn't like, though, is that she, she gets back home after this bachelorette night out and there she's telling Marcel like I don't I, I don't know if I can marry you if you don't tell your family about my kids like and his whole thing is well I sacrificed to be here now I want you to sacrifice like we are talking about two very different levels right. of sacrifice and for a man his age to not understand that is a little appalling like yes you quit your job and you came to the US but okay so you can go back home and get a new job you're talking about her children right it's a very different level of sacrifice absolutely so that and that was another factor in me saying ah marcel like come I was on really, marcel it's really on your side buddy but yeah you really have to like I, I i stick to my idea that he really needs to tell his family he's going to though he, yeah now in he the is. preview we definitely see him on a facetime call did they blur out her face yes okay i thought it was i think there's two people in the facetime call and they okay. blur out both of the faces okay, so. but he tells his family in the preview she has three kids and the response is something like she took you for a fool and screw it come back home come back home but like okay marcel you're in your you're in 38 39 years old so don't get on the plane and go back home right well they clearly did were dishonored because their faces were blurred and if they weren't dishonored they would have been like okay we'll sign the release and you can use our face yeah in the facetime chat. yeah yeah so his parents are legit mad you know listen my feelings about marcel have changed a lot from the beginning thinking that they were adorable to being like nope this is a bad idea and don't go through with it to like oh okay well at least he makes the decision to tell his family even though it took her issuing an ultimatum to get him to do so as opposed to being like nope i'm not telling them end of story so at least he grows a pair and actually at some point before they make it to the altar is going to tell his family about her three kids which is the first adult grown-up decision he appears to have made since he's been on the show he needs to make the best of it and tell his parents okay not go back to turkey and learn some english and stop acting like mr bean yes that's another thing though that they haven't figured out yet that they really i mean i will say she seemed to be speaking more turkish in their conversation last night she did so far it's been only in english using the google translate app i i seriously question whether or not they're going to make it to the 90 days i think him telling his family is a step in the right direction but that still doesn't solve the problem right of their communication and the, the fact that the kids haven't accepted him and he doesn't have a relationship with the kids but episode eight of 90 day fiance coming up sunday night on tlc and you know after that we're going to be ready to dissect it all jump in head first don't forget to find the reality bites podcast on apple podcasts google play or wherever you listen to podcasts please rate and subscribe